All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy a Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr. <laughs> oh, raspy voice, Billy. Uh, my voice is coming around here. I got to have low energy. This is going to be low energy, no confidence. Bill Burr on this podcast. It's the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I Doggone it, I'm just checking in on you. This is going to be easy listening, Bill. <laughs> Adult contemporary, Bill. No, I fucked up my voice, and um, it's better. But, uh, yeah, I did like nine podcasts, four episodes, episodes for family, and then a couple other things, and my voice was just fucking shot. So <clears throat> I just got to watch the screaming and that type of shit. So I'm very in a very medium voice here with my little bottled water. My Hall's menthol liptus, my throat coat tea, and I'm sure all you guys got some fucking witch's brew that I can fucking drink to help me out here. Um, I'd like to wish uh, a happy championship to all the Los Angeles Dodger fans out there who uh, waited a long, long, long time to win. What number are they on? I know. This is how, what a fucking nerd I am. I can actually name Brooklyn Dodgers 55. I know you guys think I'm looking. I'll fucking sit here right now, videotape myself. I can go from 1946 to today. Does, does it make me any money? Does, does it make me a better person? No, it doesn't, but it makes me feel good. All right? The bums finally won it in 55, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Then they moved, and in 59, they won it. Then it goes Pirates, Yankees, Yankees, Dodgers, 60, 60, 61, 62, 63, St. Louis, 65, Dodgers. They lost in 77, 78. And I want to say they lost in the early 70s too. I always, I don't know. They won in 81. They won in 88. And then they won in 2020. Six, I mean, those guys were, when I was growing up, they were just in the World Series, and that's it. Maybe they lost to the A's or something like that. I don't remember. But like Tommy Lasorda was just the man. My whole family absolutely just, I don't know. We loved the Dodgers because we hated the Yankees. And um, 77, 78, they played the Yankees. So we were rooting them for the Dodgers to beat the Yankees because God knows the Red Sox back then couldn't do it. So <laughs> it was like we were rooting for our our big brother, maybe you can beat up the bully on the block, which they finally did in 1981. And um, 
I also remember in 1980 when the Kansas City Royals finally got past the Yankees. Uh, that was that's when it was fucking great, man. It was just everybody had these crazy mustaches. Every every all star was doing a fucking uh, aftershave lotion commercial and um, playing on AstroTurf and all of that type of shit. And all these great managers, Tommy Lasorda and Earl Weaver, uh, Chuck Tanner, Sparky Lyle. I mean, it was just it was awesome, man. Baseball was fucking awesome back then. I loved it. So anyways, congratulations to them. And you also, you Los Angeles Lakers, so you got two titles. Two titles. Uh, you know, most people are having a bad COVID year. Not, not Los Angeles. Sure, the whole fucking place is burning down, but they're, they're winning titles right and left. Um, I don't know. They got two football teams, so they got twice the amount of chances to win a, a, a Super Bowl. So who knows? Maybe they'll get one of those. I will tell you, I watched a little bit of that. Was it the Rams playing the Bears this week? And um, they, they just they just outcoached them. Because I don't think that they, the Rams were that much better. But I, I hope I'm talking about the right game because I taped so many fucking games. I'll tell you one game that I'm like three quarters of the way through and I don't even know who wins it. I'm more than that. I got like four minutes left in the game. I'm watching um, uh, one of my favorites, Gadna Minshew who literally looks like he should be hanging out with Ken Stabler on the Redneck Riviera. If you ever wrote read Ken Stabler's autobiography, which I highly recommend. Um, you know, there's a lot of hipsters out there that kind of grow the mullet and the stash or whatever, but I believe I, that I believe Gardner's mustache and long hair. I'm just like, yeah, this is this, this guy, if he, if he wasn't playing football, he'd be doing something else. And that's what the fuck he would, he just, it fits him. So I was watching him against Justin Herbert, Two great young quarterbacks just fought. There's like no defense in the fucking game. And every time you think the game is over, somebody else scores a fucking touchdown and is right back in it. And um, I actually asked a buddy of mine because early in the game, I forget who scored. I want to say the Jaguars scored to make it like 16 to 14 with like 30 seconds left in the half or something. And rather than just kicking the fucking extra point, they go for the two-point conversion. And I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck is this? This is like that Patrick Wash shit when he started pulling the goalie with like 10 minutes left, eight minutes left. What the fuck are they doing? Why is going for that extra point and leaving that point? What the fuck is going on, right? This makes no sense. So they go for it and they don't get it which of course gives the other San Diego a lift. Um, but then, then they get the ball, they go three and out, they go to, they fucking go to punt it. And then the, uh, Jacksonville blocks it. And then they score a touchdown. Then I think they went for the two point conversion again. And then that time they got it. And it's just like, so why didn't you just kick two extra points? I get it at the end of the game. So, you know, I'm a man about town. I travel a lot. I do a bunch of shows. I meet people. So I got a buddy of mine, uh, works for one of these NFL franchises. So I text him. I go, what the fuck is that? And he basically what he told me is that, first of all, he doesn't like it. He doesn't think it makes any sense. But there's a bunch of people working for NFL teams now that are into that analytics and money ball shit. And they're trying to hold on to these hundred grand a year jobs so they compile all these fucking stats 
to try to convince coaches and owners that if they listen to them, they'll increase their chances of, of fucking winning. Even though, if you know anything about football, it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Not saying I know anything about football, but I know people that know about football. John fucking Madden. And John Madden always said, you take the points. He hated that shit when people would go for it on fourth down. He goes, kick the fucking field goal. Take the points. All of this shit's going to add up. Um, but it's also a different game. So anyway, um, I also want to give a shout out to Dodger fans because I know that they were so hurt when the diabolical Houston Astros cheated a few years ago. And I have to commend all of them how outraged they were that their boy Justin tested positive for COVID, yet he still played. Um, and I, I, the outrage, you know, because he literally has a disease that has killed a couple hundred thousand people. And he still chose to play. And it just was really big of those Dodger fans to really take that guy to task the way that they did. Because if I learned anything about Dodger fans over the last few years, they want everything to be above board. They are not about that kind of baseball. That dude could have had fucking Ebola. No Dodger fan was going to bitch. He was too much of an asset. And and then I discovered in the seventh inning I was positive. That's fucking amazing. Because I'm going to go do stand-up in the woods. They know if I'm positive or negative before I go up on the stage to tell shit jokes on a fucking pig farm. And this guy's playing the World Series. They don't figure it out to the seventh inning. You can take that shit, as The Rock says, turn it up sideways and shove it up, you lying, candy fucking ass. Unfucking believe. I am so... I, I don't blame the Dodgers for doing what they did, okay? But I am so fucking sick, just as a Patriots fan, of all of you two-faced fucking assholes sitting there acting like you're a bunch of Cub Scouts who don't like cheating. First of all, most of you golf. You guys are some of the biggest liars and cheaters out there with your mulligans, breakfast balls, gimmies, fucking dropping the ball, hitting somebody else's ball, you fucking cunts. I love it. I love it. And I'm one of the few people that will openly say, I, I, I don't think the Astros did not deserve that championship. They 100% deserved it. And fuck the Dodgers in 2017 with their bloated fucking payroll and all those goddamn free agents. Okay. The same way the Red Sox and Yankees, my own fucking teams. Okay. In the early 2000s, you're going to tell me that was competition? 180, 190, 200, $210 million teams going into town to play the fucking Colorado Rockies when you got you you bought their best player. You know, oh no, by the way, like three or four guys are also on steroids. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Uh, there's no Santa Claus, people. People look for an advantage. Okay? And that's what it is. And if you want to sit there and act like, you know, it's only cheating if your team's on the bad end of it, I mean, look at the Los Angeles Lakers. They're all fucking prancing around. Hey, we, we, we tied the Boston Celtics with championships. What about that mobbed up ref that openly admitted he fucked Sa- Sacramento out of that series? You got a championship? Hey, LA doesn't care. They're still waving that flag. They don't give a fuck. That first one they got from the BAA, they, want, they count that as an NBA title before the NBA even existed. Get the fuck out of here. Seattle Seahawks, half your fucking Legion of Doom tests is positive for steroids. Your fucking coach, Pete Carroll, who had to run out the back door at USC, was doing so much fucked up shit. 
Go fuck yourselves. And congratulations on your titles. All right? It's a dirty, filthy fucking game. It's just like politics. All right? I'm going to tell you something right now. If you're going for the brass ring, at some point along the way, you're going to have to watch Harvey Weinstein take a shower. That's just how it is. <laughs> you know? And if you don't want to live that world, then you got you to gotta just fucking, you got to open a little fucking bakery in your hometown. And even then, somebody's going to be fucking you on the yeast. Something's, somebody's going to be doing some underhanded shit to you. Absolutely. I can't imagine the amount of car salesmen out there that have called the Patriots cheaters. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let me talk to my boss and see what we can do for you today. You fucking piece of shit. You probably golf too, you cunt. Um, anyway, sorry. I had to make that point, all right, because I'm not begrudging anything, and I was very, very happy. I would have been happy for either uh, the Devil Rays or the um, – Sorry, they're not the devil race anymore. The Satan race and the uh, the Dodgers. I always loved the Dodgers, and I uh, I love that old stadium, their colors, the whole fucking thing. I got a weird thing with like National League teams. Like I like teams that fucking hate each other because I'm an American League guy. I don't know if you knew that about me. You know, that's a big sh- overshare with me. I'm an American League guy. Huh? Now you know that about me. What are you gonna do with that? Huh? You gonna bring that up at a party? Hey, you know that freckled cunt. Uh, that says all the shit jokes. Yeah, he's an American League guy. No, I like the uh, I like the Cubs and the Cardinals. I like the Giants and the Dodgers. I like the Padres. I like when they wear those those brown and yellow and white uniforms, like when they had Gary Templeton or a young Ozzie Smith. I like those things. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, I've got to be honest with you. I I I don't even. Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, I don't know what happened. I kind of got this Zen thing with sports now. I'm trying to remember why I hated the Yankees. <laughs> I just don't give a fuck anymore. Um, you know what I think it really is? I'm finally, because I'm not working on the road as a comedian, I can actually stay home and watch all these sports. And I think now that, you know, my teams aren't in it. The Celtics were in it. But, you know, the Red Sox shit the bed this year. The fucking Patriots are having a rough time. Um, I don't know. It's like I can just sort of enjoy them and not be dying on every pitch or fucking. Because I actually, I actually felt good for Dodger fans with that ninth inning that nobody got on base. Because there seems to be this unwritten rule that if the sports gods are going to give you a championship, in the top of the ninth or the bottom of the ninth, whatever. When your reliever's going out there, you're three outs away. There's some unwritten rule that the first guy always gets on base. And then the tying run comes to the plate. And then you have to age 40 fucking years. And um, the Dodgers did not do that to their fans. They did not. So there you go. Here's to the COVID Dodgers. The fucking roided up Red Sox and Yankees and the trash can banging fucking Astros. Congratulations to all of you. <laughs> God bless you. All right. And with that, what else can I talk about here? Um, 
I don't know. I got nothing to talk about. I fucked up my ears so bad. You know, my ears ring a little bit from all these years of loud music and playing drums and shit. And I wasn't thinking. I was out pre-flighting. And this guy turned on his fucking jet engine. I thought he was far enough away. And I kind of put my shoulder up to my ear or whatever. Dude, like two nights later, I just woke up in the middle of the night with my fucking ear ringing. And it just has not stopped. It, it went down. It already still, it already rang. But now it just rings a little bit louder. It's like I got a phone in my ear. (laughs) So it bothered me. And then I just did what I always did. I was just like, you know what? Christopher Reeves fell off a horse and could never move again. I'm going to bitch because my ear's ringing a little bit. I'll get used to it. Fuck it. I'm just, you know, going to obviously protect. I'm going to start wearing earplugs out on the tarmac. Um, but whatever, you know, that's life. You know, you make a mistake, you fucking pay for it. And then you just go, you know, somebody else has it worse than me. What am I going to do? Sit here and mope around? You know, I mean, I've got to wear earplugs. Um, speaking of earplugs, the fucking election's still going. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, I already voted. I already voted and I tracked my vote. My wife did anyways, to make sure that they air quote counted it. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. It's going to be a whole new world or more of the same. Um, I will tell you this. Hell will have no fury like a Donald Trump lame duck. Oh man. I can't imagine I will tell you this, if he does not get elected and the the electoral votes of your state went to Joe Biden, I suggest <laughs> before November 4th, you pack up your shit and move to a red state because I think he is going to fucking lay waste. He's like Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Like this guy is just the most petty um, I don't know what, but uh, I know what happened to my taxes when he won the first time. What the fuck's going to happen if he loses? <laughs> people leaving this state fucking right and left. Everybody's acting like it's the fires. I don't think it is, man. <clears throat> beautiful state, beautiful people. And you come out here, they grab you by your ankles, tip you upside down and shake you out every fucking nickel they can. You got to pay for this weather there, freckles. Um, all right. What else? What else did I want to talk about? Um, I don't know that. I, oh, I watched two fucking amazing. Oh, I already talked about um, watching uh, Badlands with Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. Um, I, I watched the other day after years of people asking me to watch this movie or telling me I should watch the movie and for some dumb reason thinking I had already seen it. I, I confused it with another movie that I believe Peter Boyle stars in that took place in Cleveland. I confused the movies, but it was The Friends of Eddie Coyle was the movie I was confusing for this one about some Cleveland tough guy. Um. But I finally saw um, The Friends of Eddie Coyle, and I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that movie. 
Robert Mitchum is one of my new favorite actors of all time. Sorry, I get the hiccups. I don't know why. Um, let's see here. Is it Stephen Keats? Yeah, Stephen Keats was fucking amazing in that. It's just, it's just nothing but character actors. And there's one little spoiler alert, and this is only as far as like where they uh, shot the movie. You know, it's shot in Boston, and at one point they go to a Bruins versus Blackhawks game, and they're literally in the garden. You know, the footage is like during a game. I don't know how they, you know, back then leagues weren't that big. They're like, yeah, sure, put us in a movie. We need all the help we can get. So they have footage of Bobby Orr when his hair was long, 1971. They're in between Stanley Cup championships. They won it in 70, and they won it in 72. And he's sitting up in the upper deck where I used to sit when I would go to games. Um, it really is like this priceless uh, piece of film on one of the great sports arenas of all time. And um, I know that, you know, footage of uh games played there existed what i liked about this was it was shot from the fans perspective um absolutely incredible and and robert mitchum is just amazing in it uh check that one out if you can you can get it on youtube that's why i watch a lot of shit now i just look it up just obscure shit you know if netflix doesn't have it i'll just go on and i'll i'll watch it there but just an incredible movie the cars the acting the pacing of it, and just the story. And this was sort of during that time where there was all these young directors and writers and everything, and they were just sort of like, hey, you know, forget, you know, what happened before in movie making was great, but this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to create the new Hollywood endings and the anti-heroes, and um, it's just an incredible, incredible movie directed by Peter Yates, and it's Robert Mitchum, Peter Boyle, Richard Jordan, Stephen Keats. Everybody in it is just fucking amazing. Um, released on June 26, 1973. Old Freckles was five years old. Do you know what kills me that I was five years old and I probably knew how to turn on a TV and I just didn't know to watch the Boston Bruins and I could have watched fucking Bobby Orr? That kills me. Like if I could go back in time. I'm not like Tom Cruise. I wouldn't try to kill Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I would go back and I would try, I would just watch all the fucking sporting events I could possibly watch um, and keep my fucking mouth shut if I, if I knew what was going to happen, you know, just watch people enjoy it. Like I would watch the beginning of the big red machine before they won in 74 and 75. I'd watch those Oakland A's win three in a row. I don't know if I could have watched Clemente. He died when I was three, but that's what I would do. I would watch the the Pittsburgh Steelers get put together. I'd watch that undefeated Miami Dolphin team. I'd watch that Laker team that won 30-something games in a row, even though half the talent went to the fucking ABA uh, that year. Um, I'd watch the ABA, the Kentucky Colonels. I would watch that shit. Or the World Football League, any of that shit. The Indianapolis Racers with fucking Wayne Gretzky on it. That's what I would do. What would you do if you could go back in time? That's what I do. Um, you know. You know what else you could do? You could go buy a bunch of fucking muscle cars at that point that were like five years old, like Hemis and shit, and everybody's worried about gas guzzlers. You could buy, buy those things for a fucking song. Um, 
I actually follow these guys on on Instagram. They're called uh, Old Rides. And what's amazing is the, the cars that you see in the 70s when the big thing was to jack up the back end so you could put bigger tires on it so you get more traction at the fucking racetrack or whatever the fuck if you're doing like drag racing or some shit. And you've seen them like cutting out the, the wheel wells and shit and doing all this stuff to like GTOs and fucking Mustangs, all this shit that, you know, you're like, you might want to keep that all original, you know, that nerd you're beating up in in class someday, he's going to be a fucking cunt on Wall Street and want to go rebuy his childhood. Um, all right, what do we got? Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places. Here, uh, I got some reads. <coughs> couple, two, three reads here. My voice is starting to bug me. i got to wrap this up here. All right. Fight camp, everybody. Uh, fight camp times Monday morning podcast, whatever that means, is an X. Uh, do you get bored with your workouts? If you're looking for something that keeps you engaged, motivated, and challenged, you've got to check out fight camp. Fight camp brings the boxing gym to your living room. Oh, this is amazing. Do they got like a virtual Mickey? You can't beat this guy, Rock. Uh, this guy's a wrecking machine. Uh, the boxing workout has always been ranked as one of the best ways to get in shape, and it's honestly one of the most fun ways to combine cardio and strength training. It comes with all the gear you need, the best freestanding punching bag on the market, great boxing gloves, quick hand wraps, and their unique quick hand wraps. What do they got, like the Fisher-Price, the stride-right ones? <laughs> it just put, it's already wrapped. Um, quick hand wraps and their unique punch taking, taking sensors that show you real time progress and stats on any iOS device new to boxing. Their 12 week stata program teaches you the fundamentals of boxing while you get a great workout every time. Watch yourself reach new milestones and compete on a leaderboard with thousands of others. Um, fight camp offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now as a limited time offer, you can try Fight Camp for 30 days with their money-back guarantee. Just go to, go to joinfightcamp.com slash Burr. That's right. Try Fight Camp for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they'll refund your money. Train like a fighter and turn your sweat into results. To try Fight Camp uh, for 30 days, just go to joinfightcamp.com slash Burr, B-U-R-R, joinfightcamp.com slash Burr. There you go. Rule number one about Fight Camp. Talk about Fight Camp on the podcast. All right, Simply Safe, everybody. 
Every 26 seconds, there's a break-in in this country. But with Simply Safe Home Security, you can protect your whole home around the clock. It's serious, lasting protection, and all it takes is a simple 30-minute setup. You'll even get a free security camera when you protect your home today. Uh, more on that in a second. Um, Simply Safe is an award-winning arsenal of sensors and security cameras that blanket every inch of your home. You know what? A friend of mine just had her house or apartment broken into. I'm going to get her this. Uh, you'll know your home and family are always safe. You set up Simply Safe yourself in a few minutes without any tools or wiring. No technician or salesperson has to step foot in your home. Then Simply Safe will monitor your home around the clock with security professionals who are there in case of an emergency to immediately send help to your home. Uh, plus, there's no contact, no hidden fees, no contract, no hidden fees, and no installation costs. It's why U.S. News and World Report named Simply Safe best overall home security of 2020. Right now, visit simplysafeburr.com and get a free security camera plus a 60-day risk-free trial with any new system order. There's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafeburr.com, simply safe, S-M-I-S, oh, sorry, S-I-M-P-L-E-I, no, sorry, Jesus, Bill, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E, burr.com, simply with an I instead of a Y, safeburr.com. All right. Lastly, but not leastly, all form. All right, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you've probably heard me talk about Helix Mattress. Um, Helix has left the bedroom and started making sofas. They just launched a, a new company called Allform, and they are already making the best sofas we've ever seen. So what makes Allform sofas really cool? For starters, it's the easiest way you can customize a sofa using premium materials and a fraction, at a fraction of the cost of traditional storage. You can pick your fabric and it's spill stain and scratch resistant. The sofa color, the color of the legs, sofa size and shape to make sure it's perfect for you and your home. Uh, they've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight seat sectional. So there's something for everyone. And you can always start small and buy more seats later, uh, later on if you want. Uh, your all form sofas are also delivered directly to your home with fast free shipping. In the past, if you wanted to order a sofa, it could take weeks or even months to arrive and you would need someone to come and assemble it in your home. All form takes just three to seven days to arrive in your mail, and you can assemble it yourself in a few minutes. No tools needed. And if you're getting a sofa without trying, and if getting a sofa without trying it in a store sounds a little risky, you don't need to worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. Gross. Uh, that's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They even offer a forever warranty, literally forever. To find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash burr. And allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M, is offering 20% off all orders for listeners at allform.com slash burr. All right, there you go. Um, All right, with that, that is the podcast for this Thursday. Once again, I know I fucked with you, but congratulations to the city of L.A. That is amazing that you won two titles, you know, not only in the same year, within the, within a month. Um, and uh, Tampa, you guys had a great year, too. You won a Stanley Cup and you won an American League pennant. Uh, who knows? Maybe you'll be there next year. I don't fucking know. That's it. I'm trying to be positive here, right? As my ears are fucking ringing like a motherfucker. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. I will talk to you guys on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. Have a safe weekend. 
be brave. Let your inner voice come out. Let your heart sing. You know, let people know who you are. It's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, October 29th, 2012. How's it going? How are you? You know, I said a really weird, a really weird fucking thought as I was sitting down here getting ready to do this podcast, looking at my new mixer. I had to buy a new mixer, by the way. There was the one bad thing that happened to me when I went to Australia was, uh, you know, I had this piece of shit mixer that I brought that was like, you know, 99 bucks and I plugged it into the wall and there was some sort of surge and the fucking thing died, as I told you last week. So I finally had to uh, had to go out and buy a new one. Does it sound any different? I don't know why I bought one that was cost me twice as much money to do the exact same fucking podcast that nobody ever bitched about other than the fact that they say it's never out on Monday morning, despite the fact they explain every fucking week that it's my Monday morning. I do it on Monday morning. Okay. It's not about you. It's about me. This is all about me. You understand me? Well, do you? Um, anyway, I had this really fucked up thought that I've been doing this podcast since like June or July of 2007. Every, basically every Monday. I remember one year I took two weeks off for Christmas. That was nice. Back before this became a corporate entity. Um... <laughs> I uh, oh, I just realized I got I got you know I keep forgetting the hype our new podcast page the uh, all things comedy page why don't you fucking go to that every once in a while oh I'm the worst why do I drink before I do these things whenever I do this it never fucking goes well let's stay on track Bill stay on track okay you freckled cunt all right here we go so I had this thought you know I basically been doing this podcast every Monday since June or July of 2007 right. Every fucking Monday. I'm basically documenting every Monday of my fucking life, give or take. Sometimes a Tuesday, a Sunday, whatever. All right? Don't split hairs with me. I'm not in the fucking mood. And I was just wondering, you know, when is going to be the last Monday of my life? One of these is going to be the, it's going to be the last Monday. You know? How far away is that Monday? You start thinking about like, you ever even think about just about like dying? You know, I know it's a Monday. You don't need to hear this. Well, fuck you. I'm thinking about it. I mean, hopefully it's going to be a long ways off. But what if I die tragically? You know, one of those fucking. What's a good tragic death? You know, 
Honey, can you replace the light over the garage? Yeah, it's been out for like the last two weeks and I get out of the car and I just hear things. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the leaves. I don't know if it's a bird or like some sort of bugs. All right, I'll fucking change it. You don't have to yell. Right, and then you go out there after you had a couple of beers. Right, you go up there on that fucking stepladder that's supposed to be for your mother-in-law so she can go up there and get her fucking favorite bowl to pour a goddamn fucking or uh, Cheerios into. Right, you grab that one instead. Instead of dragging out the silver one because you're fucking lazy. And you take that little step ladder out and you get all the way up to the top and it's only three steps and you can't quite reach it, right? So you fucking get on your little tippy toes, right? And you start reaching up for the fucker. All of a sudden you hear that rattling. You look like that. You pull a nerve in your neck and there you go. Fucking reverse lawn dark. Fucking inverted like that plane in that Denzel movie where he's like, I'm sorry I was drunk and my afro wasn't picked out correctly. But did I or did I not land the fucking plane safely? That's what it's going to be. 90 minutes of that. 90 minutes of that. All right? Yes, but you were drunk. Yeah, but you're still alive. Well, that's not the point. Yeah, it is. Go fuck yourself. Dude, you know how fucking mad I would be if I landed a plane shit-faced and somebody gave me a rough time about it? Well, why were you drunk? I don't know. Because it's fucking boring. Because after I take off, I just throw it on fucking autopilot. And then I'm basically just sitting in this fucking uncomfortable lazy boy that I cannot get out of for the next four to six hours. Till I talk to some other douchebag. Okay, I flew in fucking I flew. I had fucking combat missions. I'm used to getting shot at. And now I'm doing this driving a fucking bus. The 37,000 feet. You think I'm not going to drink? When it came down to it. That motherfucker was upside down, and I still landed it. And you're giving me shit? Do you know how much fucking money I saved you? Right? Isn't that what it's going to be? It'd be an hour. That's, if I wrote that movie, that's what it would be. It would be the first ten minutes is him getting shit-faced, right? The next fucking five to seven minutes is all the holy fuck, we're upside down, a bunch of fat cows hanging from their fucking seatbelts. As the hero of the movie's such a badass, his hat doesn't even come off, right? And he's just slurring, I got it, I got it, right? (laughs) And everybody's screaming like a bunch of bitches. And he's like, "Ah, go fuck yourselves, right? And then he lands it. And when he lands it, everybody high fives him. And when he's standing there going, hey, thank you for flying fucking TWA or whatever, he takes a little flask out. Takes another hit, slaps some fucking stewardess on her ass, and he gets off the plane, and then he falls down the stairs, right? That's the left. That's the left turn for the comedy. And then everybody starts breaking his fucking balls. That'll be the next two pages. So what what are we up to now? Page 19? All right, so from page 19 to page 120 is going to be him screaming at all the fucking peons that are yelling at him for being drunk. You know? Would you rather have me be stone sober and actually contemplate my own fucking mortality? You know, I would have ended up in the fucking goddamn lake. You know something? You always like believe the movie and then Hollywood always has to Hollywood it up. 
did he really have to be completely upside down like he was in the fucking Blue Angels? I mean, I guess those planes, they can actually do that shit, but give me a fucking break. Okay, do you know how much work that's going to be for the fucking, the props people? Where every fucking take, they got a fucking clean coffee. (laughs) And trail mix off the ceiling of this fucking plane. This fake half a fucking plane. Oh, gives a shit. Let's plow ahead. At least, you know, we actually, we're coming a long way, though. I I feel the fact that Denzel is a pilot and there's no racial issue there. It's just that he's a drunk. That's great. That's actually a good thing. And I'm not even being funny. Like, that's actually a good thing. Because the second I saw it, I was expecting, like, my old joke. You know, where there was going to be some, like, I ain't fine with that son of a bitch. I thought it was going to be one of those movies, and it wasn't. It was just like, he did a great thing, but he was drunk. Now what do we do? Bill, we've seen the trailer. How long are you going to milk it? We got it. You got to fill a fucking hour. How about changing the topic once every 19 minutes? All right. Fine. All right, let's get back to talking to my about my death. Or... Is my fu- or is this podcast just going to go on way longer than it should? Way past the time that it's fucking relevant. And fuck all you cunts who send me emails that say stop being relevant the day I started doing it, all right? Quit going for the easy jokes. Step up your game. If you're going to be fucking mean, let's try to be creative. You know where I'm at. I'm at at Paul Verzi. That's my Twitter handle. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, what if I go way too long and I'm like 87 years old, like approaching like that Bob Hope age? And I'm like, right? Sitting here wheezing, you know, with some 22-year-old girl works over the varicose veins in my fucking legs so I can just keep podcasting. Or I could go out classy. I could go out at about 59, right? In 15 fucking years, I could go out like Johnny Carson. Actually, if I went left at 59, I'd go out like Jay Leno, and then I would give my podcast to some other redheaded guy and then come back and take it. So I'll go out like Carson at about 65, 66, and that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to wear a tuxedo, and I'm going to sit here quietly, and uh, I'll pay the greatest hits of the podcast from the previous week because I'm too fucking lazy. There's no fucking way I'm going through. What would that be? 20 years of a podcast? It ain't happening. All right. So you guys just get that out of your heads. There will be no farewell show on this podcast. You know, this podcast I've started like fucking four times because I swear to God, I'm still buzzing a little bit. So I can't even remember what the hell I talked about. Um, I don't know. Did I talk about football yet? Have I talked about it? I don't give a shit. I didn't talk about I talked about the Patriots, right? Did I? Oh, gives a fuck. You know what? I'm just going to go forward. And if I feel like I already talked about it. Then, then that's just what it's going to be. You like that? I got a little philosophical there. I got a little hippie on you, didn't I? Um, I didn't really talk about it last week. By the way, uh, I can't even... I, I started to touch on it, but I was a little out of sorts because my uh, I didn't have my mixer or my fucking headphones last week. So I was just really just felt weird to just sit there and be talking to a goddamn laptop top. Uh, speaking of which... I went to that TED.com. Just look up robots and try to find the one where, the, where this, is, this lady is sitting there. She's fucking talking about, you know, having robots around the house. You know what I mean? And it's the stupidest thing. Okay, she, First of all, she's whoring it up for no particular reason. 
in the beginning. I don't know why. She's wearing like these hooker boots. She's sitting there talking about robots to a bunch of egghead nerds, and she's still got to whore it up. It's like, can't you just stand on the merit of the fucking speech that you wrote? Do you really got to get people's dicks half full just so they'll keep listening to you? How fucking insecure are you? You're talking about robots in the house, walking down the hallway. Hey, what's up? Fucking high five and a goddamn robot. That right. And you, it's not like it's a movie. It's fucking real. That's not compelling enough of a subject. You can't hold the audience's interest. You still have to put on your streetwalker boots. It's weird. She has on streetwalker boots, but she has on a modest skirt. It comes down a little. Or maybe because the boots go up so fucking high. You know what I mean? I mean, isn't that basically the rule? If you're going to wear the fucking thigh-high boots, you basically have to have on a miniskirt. Um, by the way, how great a, ho- a holiday has Halloween become? It's just the fucking greatest thing ever. You know what I mean? It's just girls just go out dressed like whores. Even girls who aren't whores dress like whores. It's fucking great. You know? Phenomenal. I took Nia out to lunch, and there was some girl standing there in basically, who's kidding who? Something David Lee Roth would have worn, except it was on a woman, so it was fucking great. (laughs) It was this black and white striped, basically spandex suit. And then she was standing there with these green pumps on and then some sort of ears and evidently that was a costume. I don't know what it was. I'll tell you, I don't know what it was, but I liked it. Shit. Um, hey, why? You know, I was sitting here the other night, last night, actually. He says through the cloud of alcohol. And I was on the Sportsman's Channel. And I was watching rednecks shooting wild pigs from a helicopter. This was a sport. I mean, who's kidding who? It's a fucking skill. The pigs are running. The helicopter is moving, but they fly the helicopter. They try to fly it as close to the same speed as the pig. And it's just such a fucking joke after a while that it's just like you just start rooting for the pigs. Stupid ass fucking pig. Just stay under the trees. He can't see you. And they're just fucking shooting one goddamn pig after another. And I'm sitting there going like, Jesus Christ, two fucking pigs has got to be 600 pounds worth of meat. You know? kind of fucking barbecue you haven't stop shooting these goddamn wild boars right and they keep cutting to the guy going well one of the difficulties when you're uh when you are in a helicopter trying to shoot a pig is trying to uh lead them how far are you supposed to lead them it's basically the scene from full metal jacket get some get some get some that, except it's pigs rather than children in vietnam and women you know so anyway, so they cut to the whole thing, like, and it, it's fucking hilarious. The guy who's teaching you how to do it is some retired special forces guy. He had this Australian accent. And I'm just thinking of all the fucking shit that this guy's done. You know what I mean? It's almost like seeing, like, a retired athlete who, you know, at, like, the ground round, who, like, won a Super Bowl, and there he is in the fucking corner booth, sitting there eating fish and chips. You know what I'm saying? And literally the hottest girl in the place can walk over and just show him his clam, her clam, and he's not even going to fucking bat an eye. You know why? Because he walked on the moon. It's over. He's been to outer space. This, you can't get the guy's fucking heart rate going again. So I'm fucking sitting there looking at 
this special forces guy just going, this is, this is, this is the end. You know, you're sneaking around Saddam's fucking cabana, snapping necks, you know, dressed like <clears throat> Tom Cruise at the beginning of fucking Mission Impossible doing all that shit. And when it's over, honorable discharge, where are you? You're in the middle of fucking Texas teaching rednecks how to shoot fucking pigs from a helicopter. And the guy's just sitting there going, yeah, you know, uh, you don't got to lead him that far. Just basically, if you aim just a little in front of their nose with how fast the helicopter's going, you're going to get a body shot. And with the caliber of bullet that you're shooting, it's going to be a kill shot. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. I got to get a divorce. Um, so anyways, this is the great thing. So they cut to the fucking guy whose ranch they're basically hunting on. And he's sitting, because I'm, I'm sitting there going, why are they killing all these goddamn pigs? And this fucking guy on the ranch is just sitting there going like, he's like, going, they're multiplying. Uh, it, it's there. They're, they ate all the grass in the front yard. They ate the grass in the backyard. I mean, they're, they're a plague. We, we have to, we have to do this by removing 400 pigs from the population it's actually a good thing. They, he kept calling them a plague. They're a plague. Wild pigs are a fucking plague. You know, that's the one thing, like, I'm fascinated with stereotypical conservative and liberal thought. You know? People who just sort of think one way all the fucking time. Like, the genius of conservative thought is it holds people responsible for their actions. You know what I mean? You don't get to be like, well, that's because my mom left when I was a kid. Go fuck yourself. You stab someone. You're going to jail, you cunt. All right? That's when it totally makes sense. All right? But those guys like that, the thing about them is they have a complete inability to ever step outside themselves and see it from another perspective. Okay? If 400 fucking wild boar on your property or a plague what are seven billion human beings what are we classified as i don't understand what you mean god said go forth and multiply go out and take a shit in the fucking ocean i mean now what do you put all this here for us like that fucking thought you know like no matter what you do you're fucking right you just see shit they're just looking out their own fucking heads. It'd be one thing if he said, listen, I get it. They got a right to be here too, but I make my living off my fucking ranch and I can't have these fat cunts running around eating everything that I'm growing. Then I'd be like, all right, I see that. But to call him a fucking plague, you know, does that make any sense to you guys? Did I, did I actually say it in a way that made sense? After boozing all day, once again, Cleo's asleep on the floor. <clears throat> Anyways, let's get to some advertising here for this week. Oh, Jesus. And I talked too fucking long. I got to enter the fa I got to enter the password. Who the hell told me to do this? You got to make sure your computer's locked down. For what? Like I have the codes to launch the fucking missiles? I was trying to say launch the missiles there. Um, Stamps.com, everybody. Hey, do you like going to the post office? Well, keep going, buddy, because that part of my life is over. Because I have Stamps.com, everyone. I have the post office in my house. What do you mean, literally? Not literally, stupid. 
I mean, I have all the components I need that I never have to go to the post office unless I choose. See, now I'm in the driver's seat. A week ago, or whenever the hell I started doing this, a year ago, whenever the hell it was, it wasn't my choice. I had to go down there. They had me by the short hairs. Now I got them. Now I don't need them. I broke up with them. They're calling me wanting to get back together. Okay? Ain't happening. Why? Because with Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage using your own computer and printer whenever you need it, 24-7. Or you can sponge off your roommates, I imagine. Probably get annoying after a while. Um, No more wasting time at the post office. What a hassle. Um, It's written right there in the copy. What a hassle. How old was the person who wrote this? (laughs) What a hassle, man. The pigs came down and were hassling us at the protest, man. Um, No need to lease an expensive uh, postage meter. Stamps.com offers more features than a meter at a fraction of the price. Plus, Stamps.com customers receive special discounts on mailing and shipping you can't even get at the post office. I use Stamps.com to send all of my DVDs to the wonderful places that I perform at. Um, Right now, you want a special offer? Use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, no risk trial, plus $110 bonus, includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. All right, they're just giving you 55 bucks, basically. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. All right. Back to the podcast here. Um, so anyways, as I was mentioning, uh, traveling to Australia, I, I, I can't remember. Did I already talk about this? That's the theme of this. Did I, did I already say this? Stop me if I've repeated this. Um, if you never traveled outside of the country, I'm talking to Americans here. And stop rolling your eyes, you cunty fucking Europeans. All right? Goddamn assholes. You trip over a fucking broomstick, you fall into another country over there. It's fucking ridiculous. Literally, you can, from England, there's like people who can swim to France. That's how fucking close it is. Literally swim to France before the sharks get them. Doesn't make any sense, but they can do it. That's how close it is. It's like when the Bruins used to play the fucking Whalers. You could decide at 5 o'clock. You want to go to the game? Yeah, fuck it. Jump on the Mass Pike and you would, you know, make a left and you were there. Um, Australia is a great one to start with. It really is. First of all, their customers is great. It's fucking awesome. They just say, hey, how's it going? Get in there, you kook. They tossle your hair. None of that 9-11 shit. Slap you on your ass and you're fucking in there. You're in the country. Then everybody speaks English already. And if you're from Boston, it's going to sound familiar because they basically have a Boston accent. They just stretch it out a little bit more. We say beer. They say beer. We say blockbuster. They say blockbuster. Terrible accent. Go fuck yourselves. It's basically what it is. All right? They're good people. They're fun people. And they like to booze. And they don't bring up our foreign policy. I don't know why, but they don't. So there you go. There's my ringing endorsement for Australia. Um, oh, you know what I did when I, on the way back? I actually, uh, you know that duty-free shit? I don't even get it. Everybody goes fucking nuts when they go in there and they got like chocolate bars the size of a fucking log you'd throw in a fire. That Toblerone, they literally, it was the size of a fucking pillow. And not one of those ones that you just throw on a fucking sofa to dress it up, but you couldn't put your head on it. It's useless. It actually makes you hurt your neck even more. Not one of those. I mean, one of those, I'm going to bed, right? Full size fucking pillow. All right, okay. I mean, I have a different way they got to fucking explain it to you. 
all made out of chocolate. Right? They got, they got, I took a picture of it. They had a fucking, it was Johnny Walker blue or Johnny Walker black. This thing, it was the size. You ever see those gas cans they use in racing? Like NASCAR, where they just fucking tip that thing up. It was like the size of that. I literally put my fucking ghost white hand next to it just to give you a little bit of perspective how big it was. And it was like, I don't know. I don't know, it was like, like 200 bucks. I can't, even, I can't tell if it's a deal or not because everything's gigantic and it still costs a couple hundred bucks. So I'm walking through there and there's all kinds of fucking cologne, like 10 years worth of cologne, perfumes, all kinds of booze. So I finally say to this lady, I go, hey, do you got any, you got any cigars? And she's like, yeah, we do. You got to go in here. So I walk through this whole fucking little maze into this back room. And I walk in there. I go, you got any Cubans? You got some Cuban cigars? And they're like, yeah, we don't have a problem with Fidel Castro. That's fucking you guys. All right. So I say, cool. So I go and I buy a box of fucking 25 of them. And it's cool, man. They got that, the actual, like I bought Cuban cigars before, but like two or three. And they put them in the little fucking baggies here, you know. But this actually had the fucking cigar box with the little nail in it and shit. But what sucks is over there they have like, they put these warning labels that are just beyond warning labels. Like the first one, look looked like a bump, bumper sticker, as they say, bumper sticker across the fucking top of it. And it was a picture of a guy's cancerous mouth, like lesions on his lips, and, and, and like he had all kinds of periodontal issues and fucking rotted out teeth. It's like, I don't need to see that. When I buy a case of beer, they don't show a picture of a fucking, how do you say that, cirrhosis liver? Cirrhosis-sized? Cirrhosis of the liver? Liver cirrhosis scenes? What, they don't show me a fucking picture of that, some fatty fucking liver. They don't. So I actually had to go between the lesser of two evils. Another one had like literally the skull and bones with some sort of like not a graduated cylinder. The one that kind of looks like a beer mug, but there's no handle on it. All you nerds out there know what the fuck it is, right? Um, they had that on there. That was like the best I could fucking do. And I brought it back to the country and I don't know. I've kind of picked up a cigar habit. I have to break it. So now I got fucking I got 24 left. And uh, somebody's like, dude, you got to get a humidor. You can't let those things go bad. So now I bought a humidor. So now I'm a fucking smoker, I guess. I can't give into this habit. I just bought a fucking, is it a humidor? Is that what you call it? And they teach me all the fuck. Ah, fuck, I was supposed to put the cigars in today. Now that they seasoned it. Oh, Jesus. What the fuck's wrong with me? How bored are you that you start smoking cigars at 44? What a dumb cunt. Um... Oh, so I didn't get back to the, the to fucking the whore talking about the robots. All right. So she starts her speech, right? Not a whore, just dressed like a whore. Like she put on half of her Halloween costume and then, oh, wait a minute. I have to give a speech. So she goes down there and she's just like, she actually sounds, what she's talking about is smart, but she doesn't sound that smart. So I don't know if some nerd wrote the fucking speech for her and, and got like, I don't know fucking broke out in like hives right before the speech so they sent her out instead but she's just up there being like you know when i was a little girl i remember just seeing star wars and seeing c-3po going wouldn't that just be awesome to have like a robot and not to like do jaws but just to like kind of talk to and like joke around with and she starts talking about 
how she feels that robots should be in the fucking house because she wants her own C-3PO. Am I saying that right? Am I pausing at the wrong time? How come it's C-3PO? C-3PO. C-3PO. I don't know, whatever. That's such a stupid fucking movie. It was one of the most overrated fucking goddamn motherfucking movies of all time. I would rather watch Muppets Take Manhattan. I think that that holds up better. Because at least there's adult humor in there. You know? You know who totally ripped off, used the force? Joel Olstein. That fucking squinty-eyed guy. Well, you want a t-shirt? Jesus, why don't you have a t-shirt? Just think about it. It's going to happen. He totally stole that whole vibe. I don't even know if that makes sense. You know, furthermore, I don't care. Plowing ahead. So this lady sitting there, lady sitting there talking about these fucking robots. You got to watch the video. And about, I don't know, 10, 11 minutes in, I can't remember where the fuck it is. They cut to somebody shooting the shit with a robot. And it looks like it's basically a head coming out of a giant VCR. And he's like sitting there like, and it'd be like if you had a VCR with a head coming out of it. But like a robot head, like bolts for eyes and shit. But it has like eyelashes for some stupid reason, like blinking. Like it needs to blink, right? And he's sitting at it like he's at his desk, like almost face-to-face with the thing. He's just like, hey, fucking R2-D2, look what my girlfriend bought me. And he he showed some sort of fucking, I don't know what the hell, it's some macho chain or a watch. I can't remember what the fuck it was. And then the robot's just like, oh! my god that's really interesting did she and it's moving its fucking head can i ask either this might be the dumbest question ever or just painfully obvious why the fuck would i need that why why would i need that like why why wouldn't i just talk to my friend you know what I'm saying? It was, it's like the baseball kid from way back in the day. Remember that shit? I talked about it here in the podcast. One of these Mondays. They used to have the baseball kid. It's called baseball kid, the baseball kid. If baseball is what you want to do, baseball kid will pitch to you. And it was a cardboard cutout of a friend, basically, that you don't have throwing a fucking baseball to you. You know, it was basically for the kid with no friends. So now they've upgraded it to the person who has no fucking friends. You know what's great is that I bet that guy didn't even have a girlfriend. I bet he bought the watch for himself. And now he now part of the sickness is he just fucking lies to this robot about this life that he doesn't have. And, you know, once you start doing that, it's an inevitable. It's an inevitability. It's a fucking uh, cirrhosis of the liver that that guy's eventually going to stick his fucking human dick in that robot mouth. And the second that fucking happens, that's it. It's the end of the fucking human race. I'll tell you right now, there's fucking, there's scientists out there fucking robots right now. They're out there banging robots, you know, under the whole platform of fucking research. It's, it's really scary. Like, go, go watch this shit on TED.com. They got another one showing how we're fighting wars now. And like these guys sit in Arizona, they go to basically go to work, they go to war, and then they come home after fucking blowing up some bad guys. Or hopefully bad guys, right? And then they fucking go and they sit down and hang out with their kids. And they're sitting there talking about how, uh, you know, now the bad guys are getting the robots and blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's fucking inevitable. All those drones. 
they're basically eventually all the shit they're using over there. I think eventually they're going to use over here. You know, in the future, there'll be no more skipping jury duty. The second you skip it, you're going to wake up in the morning, peek out the window, and there's going to be a fucking drone just hovering there. You have seven minutes to get to court or you will be vaporized. It's going to be one of those fucking things. Is this the least interesting thing you ever heard in your life? I mean, didn't I just basically do every science fiction movie? Has there ever been a science fiction movie where they predict something great? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be original here for once in my fucking life. Let's go the other way. It's going to be a friendly drone. It's going to be outside the window. Go back to sleep. It's okay. We sent your clone to go down to the jury duty. <laughs> now we don't need you. So you will be vaporized. You will be vaporized. That's the way to do it. I think that that's, that's going to be the, 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 that's going to be the funeral in 2020. I think by 2020, we're going to know definitely where you go when you die. And if it's anywhere other than here, people are just going to choose to tap out. You know, it's going to be like getting a vasectomy, just getting fucking vaporized. Still an intense fucking procedure that that needs a serious talking before you do it. But, you know, hey, you know, I'm just getting I need to change. You know, like when people on the East Coast move to like Minnesota or fucking San Diego. Just needed a change. That's what's going to happen. People are just going to get vaporized here in the future. It's fucking true. You know, I know you guys are rolling your eyes right now, but you don't have access to the information that I do. Okay, so please uh, uh, reserve your judgment or whatever, whatever. Temper your judgment. Don't be hasty with your judgment. Whatever that fucking expression is. Um, uh, you know what? You know what? One of the dumbest things I fucking did in the 80s is I never watched Talking Heads. Stop making sense that concert movie. I finally, for some fucking reason, sat down and watched it. Why did I watch it? Oh, I know why I watched it. Because this, there was this song that was in a lot of movies like Risky Business in those coming-of-age movies, all the movies that I saw when I first got cable and first went to the movies. And, uh, no, not first went. When I first got cable and I went to the movies. Oh, Jesus. And uh, whenever there was a party going on and they wanted to show everybody going nuts, like three or four of those movies played this song where the, there was like no lyrics. The song just went hi, 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 hi. And the whole fucking place was going nuts. That's just a great song to sing when you're drunk. The whole house party. Hi, 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 hi. And I never knew what the song was. So it was just in my fucking head going, what the fuck was that song? They always played that song and that song, but Oh Yeah by Yellow. Um, that Oh Yeah. Remember that? Which I always felt someone should have done a remix of me saying Oh Jesus to that. I would do it, but then I'd have some sort of fucking copyright infringement. And because I have advertising on here at some point, some point somebody's going to try to come at me and get a couple of nickels, right? But anyway, so I finally looked up that song. I just wrote Googled song. Hi, 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 hi. That's all I did. And then I looked it up, found out it was a Talking Heads song called Swamp. And then that led me to YouTube. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh, stop making sense. And I watched just that clip of it. Just watch that, that song. Go on YouTube. That's a YouTube video of the week. Talking Heads, Stop Making Sense, Swamp. 
Just watch how that fucking thing is shot and go back and watch the beginning of the concert. How they come out is one of the coolest fucking things I've seen. And to think that there was that quality of music going on and the shit that I was fucking listening to. You know, and I'm not saying it's all shit. I actually owe Appetite for Destruction an apology because I went back and I actually, that was another one that I watched when they were live at the fucking Ritz. And I'm like, I'm an asshole. I judged that album because I watched some shit fucking Quiet Riot video. Whatever. That's, that's how you do comedy. You just, you just speak in absolutes. Then you piss people off. If I was actually even-handed, no one would fucking listen to this, right? But anyways, that's one of the dumbest things I did in the 80s. Is, uh, I remember when it came out and Siskel and Ebert were, were like freaking out, saying this is like the best fucking concert movie I've seen in, in a decade and yada, yada, yada and all this type of shit. And I was just like, because the only thing I knew was burning down the house. I'm like, oh, that weird guy with the white lines going through his head on the road at the end of it. Watch out. Um, all right. Delta curing breast cancer. Bill, I just got an email from Delta Sky Miles with my monthly up account update. All the texts and links were pink. Thank Christ that Delta is finally putting forth a serious effort towards fighting breast cancer. Yeah. Isn't it weird that you can actually get angry at a fucking something so good? Never underestimate overexposure. You know what that pink shit is right now? It's Ben Affleck when he was dating Jennifer Lopez. Remember that point? And then all of a sudden the Red Sox were doing well and they'd be in the playoffs and then he'd be sitting right next to the dugout and you're like, oh my God, if I see this guy one more fucking time. That's what like the, that, that pink ribbon shit is. Fucking un unbelievable. It's just, it's just, you know, I got it. I'm aware. You know, who do I give to? Let's fucking cure it. Okay, letting letting get go. All right, all right. Divorce law, fucking army dude. That's what this next one's called. Hey, Bill. My name is Johnny, and I'm an active active duty military. Is that is that how you say it? Like he's good police. I am active duty military. Uh, I just listened to your comments about divorce laws and how the wife gets half of the money, and I felt compelled to write you about my situation. No, I'm saying whoever's making more money. Whoever makes more money gets fucked in the divorce because Britney Spears got fucked. All right? That's my point. And generally speaking, the guy makes more money, which I'm not allowed to say. For some reason, I guess that's sexist, but women can bitch about it all the time. How can you make more money than we do? But if I actually acknowledge it, it's, it's just one of those deals. I'm not allowed to say it. Well, I can say it, but then I have to listen to people bitch at me. Um, I currently serve in the U.S. Army. I recently filed for divorce in North Kakalaka, North Carolina, from my wife because shit wasn't working. <laughs> this guy's definitely military, getting right to the point. Uh, we were only married a year and a half. As soon as she walked out the door, I had to pay her $820 a month for a year. Uh, the Army told me it was mandatory. So on top of paying her, sh her that shit, I now have to cover my mortgage. I have served in Afghanistan, Germany, Romania, and even stateside for this country. And because my ex-wife decided to walk out, I was entitled to pay her $820 a month. Isn't that unbelievable? Why is that? You don't have any kids. She's an adult. Go get a fucking job. 
Anyways, the whole time we were married, she didn't have a job. Well, there you go. I provided everything, paid the bills, took her to nice places, bought her a dog, put a roof over our heads. I guess what I'm trying to say is that I support your cause to find justification for this shit. Um, yeah. The, the, the two biggest things that bug me are, are divorce settlements where the person who makes more money has to fucking just pay for the other person like they don't have two arms, a legs, and fucking brains. Two, arm, two arms, a legs. That's, yeah, I did just say that. That's bugging me and, um, and all these past interference calls in the NHL, uh, NHL, the NFL. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Um, this is how bad the calls are in the NFL or how lopsided that shit is. I'm watching the Patriots today. And even when we're on offense, the second there's a flag in the secondary, even if I don't see the play, I just go, oh, give me a fucking break. I thought the, I thought the, that that fucking corner that got three uh, pass interference calls. I thought one of them, one of them, the one where he just you know was literally yanking on his fucking jersey. And other than that, when he's just yanking on it a little bit, that's football. All right, I know I've talked about it too much. Anyways, on top of having a stressful job, I now go home and try to scrape up money just to put just to put gas in the tank of the car. But she's because she is taking money that she hasn't done shit to earn. I'm paying for her apartment so that she can get banged in it probably and I to get banged in it probably and live a simple free life. It's bullshit. Uh, well, Bill, I hope to hear back from you and I appreciate your work. Yeah, it is bullshit, but you know what? You got off easy. You only got a year of that. I just wish I was a judge and it'd just be like, hey, lady, uh, as far as I can tell, you're healthy. Go get a fucking job. And I can see if she took a year off from work. And she's at home, you know, washing your fucking undies and that type of thing. And you got you to support her until she gets a fucking job. Couple, two or three months. What a world. What a world to live in. <clears throat> what do you do all day? Can, can somebody, somebody who listens to this has to be in that situation. All right? You don't have to leave your name. You don't have to leave your number. I just want to hear from you. What is that like? To just sit in a fucking house that you don't have to pay for. Is it kind of scary? Because you got to be like, well, what if he stops paying? Then I'm out of my ass. What if he decides, fuck you, I'm going to jail? He or she? You know? Do you ever just sit there and just like not get up one day and just... I'm just going to sit in bed and eat Fruit Loops all day. Why not? I can do it. You know? And then do you ever watch like Oprah and see people doing shit with their lives and get that sort of weird feeling in your head like, hey, shouldn't I do something with my life instead of fucking sucking the life out of another human being? No, honestly, I would love to hear from you. What do you do all day? Do you get enjoyment out of that? Going to the mall, walking around where everybody else is at work and you're just sitting there walking around. Trying to find another pair of horseshoes before you walk into a cheesecake factory. I'll just have a salad. All right. So you can track another dick in your life that can pay for another couple of years. That's the game plan. That's going to get you to the playoffs. I don't think so. Playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. Uh, all right. Skeletons in her Facebook. Hey, Billy boy. I'm a big fan. A new listener. Thank you. Uh, I am in a little bit of a predicament. I got onto my laptop the other day, 
When I woke up around one in the afternoon, I worked the night shift. I look through my history and I see some fucked up conversations that my girlfriend is having on Facebook with another guy. Oh, Uh They were old emails, but it was obvious that she was she's still thinking about this guy. Wait a minute. I got to go back and do the math on this. I got into the laptop the other day. I woke up around one in the afternoon. I worked the night shift. I look through my history and I see some fucked up conversations that my girlfriend is having on Facebook with another guy. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're on your laptop. Dude, fuck all this shit. Just be honest. You got a weird vibe off your girlfriend or you're fucking you don't trust you don't trust her or you don't trust people in general. And you went on her Facebook account. Isn't that what you did? Okay, now we're caught up here. There were old emails, but it's obvious that she's still thinking about this guy. How is it still obvious if they're old emails? If she hasn't emailed the guy since she got with you, she she says, the one that caught me was from around two years ago. It said something about having a sleepover with this guy. The only problem is that we were dating at the time. Uh Uh-oh. Then a few months later, she emails him again saying she misses him. What the fuck? I've been nothing but good to this girl. That doesn't mean shit, dude. If her heart's with this other guy. Uh, she lives in my house, doesn't pay bills, or even tries or even tries to keep food in the house. I'm always the one keeping the house straight. I'm the one who does everything. I'm too nice a guy, I guess. Everything I say, she freaks out and starts to cry and shit. I've been with her for almost three years. I don't know what to do. Should I confront her about the other guy? I was kind of snooping on her shit when I found this stuff. There it is. There it is. Yeah, dude, you know what? You know why you're snooping. And you knew what you were going to find that you didn't want to find. You probably had one eye closed because you knew what you were going to find and you found it. Anyways, he goes, I mean, don't get me wrong. She snooped on my Facebook, too, at times and caught me talking to other girls. But all my life, I've never been unfaithful to her. And this kid that she used to know looks like sloth from the Goonies. Fucked up brother. Any advice would be great. Yeah, you guys, what are you doing? You're just clinging to each other. Break up. Uh, uh, what? What are you doing? All right. First of all, I don't believe that you've never been unfaithful to her. I don't believe that because it took you fucking two paragraphs to admit that you actually went into her fucking Facebook. So I, I think if this email was another two paragraphs, you'd be like, except this one time when I let this girl blow me 12 fucking times on seven different dates, you know? <clears throat> um, I don't know. First of all, forget the fact that she's fucking around or or whether or not she's fucking around or whether she has feelings with somebody else. How can you be in a relationship with somebody that every time you bring something up or want to talk about something heavy, she freaks out and cries about it? She's not an adult. You know, she's a child. She's acting like a little kid. All right. There's no reason to fucking cry when you're an adult. There's no reason to fucking cry unless somebody something tragic has happened to somebody you love. Other than that, if I'm bringing up the fact that I feel like you, you know you haven't done the dishes as many times as I've done it lately, 
or, uh, you know, I go to bed earlier than you do and you come into bed with your fucking iPad and it's lighting up the goddamn room like a flying saucer's coming down and you have a little consideration. This, if you start crying during that, you're an asshole. All right? You're a fucking child. You know what you should do? You should just get a fucking pacifier. That's what I would do. The next time you go to bring something up, she starts crying. You just pull it out and be like, <laughs> and you wave it in her face and you just throw it against the wall. And you go, you pick it up, you fucking baby. All right. And right there, you're not going to have to worry about what to do in the relationship because it's going to be over. Um, all right. <laughs> Plowing ahead. What do we got here? Any more advertising? Amazon.com. You know what to do. You want to donate to this podcast and then uh, also be donating to the troops, which I have not sent them a check in like two months. I got to send them a fatty. Whatever. I've been on the road for fucking seven weeks. Just being honest. I got to send them or else the the fucking piano is going to fall on my head. Um, Just go to BillBird.com. Click on the podcast page. Click on the Amazon link. Go ahead and buy something if you want to. And they'll kick me a little something. Doesn't cost you anything extra. And then I kick something to the fucking troops, which I'm overdue on doing, which I'm going to do. All right. Gamefly.com. You know, you want 8,000 games at your, your fingertips for a 15 day free fucking trial. Go to www.gamefly.com slash Bill Burr, baby. No, not baby. www.gamefly.com slash Bill Burr. Two weeks of video games. And then you got it. And it's over. And your life is great. All right, from a lady in the lab. I'm a lady in my late 20s. I'm very lucky because I'm happily married and I'm getting a PhD at a large research institution. My PhD uh, is mostly paid for by the university in exchange for working as a research assistant under a professor in my department. Uh, That sounds like the beginning of a porno. Uh, My tuition is greatly reduced and I pay for my education with cash. It's a good deal. Good for you. See, person before, this is the kind of girl you want to be with right here. Although you kind of seem like you got some issues, too. You got to work out your own issues before you deserve a lady like this. A lady in the lab. She's got that white coat and those smart glasses. She looks like a nerd. And one day you take out your cock. She undoes her hair, takes off the glasses, does that fucking flip. And next thing you know... You're having a kid. That's called the Lady in the Lab love song. Um, Here's my problem. I work on a a large research team with several other students, one of whom is a much older man. I know this is going to go in a sexual direction at some point. Is he some dirty pervert? Fucking hair coming out of his ears. Um, Anyways, he's probably in his late 50s, early 60s. I am regularly. And why is he doing this so late in life? Because he probably has some fear commitment. I'm telling you. He's taking his dick out. I'm calling it right now. Paul Verzi moment. He takes his fucking dick out by the end of this story. All right, here we go. I'm regularly assigned to work with him, and he always treats me like uh, uh, like gum stuck to the bottom of his shoe. Yeah, he's breaking you down. His treatment of me varies from impatient to cruel, but there's never any evidence of his meanness or an email trail of it. He's too careful for that. Oh, all right. I was wrong. He's just a mean son of a bitch. My method for at least the last three years was to kill him with kindness. It has never worked. 
I tried to be effusive, I don't even know what that means, and personable and sweet, but the only response I get from him is disdain. I've given up on this method now because it makes me feel like a doormat. Yeah, absolutely. And frankly, I'm too angry. I only speak to him when I'm required to, and I've been trying to keep my head down and graduate and get out. Soon I will be moving on and out to... I'll be moving on and out of the research team. But I, but I hate to think about what my replacement faces. She's a lovely person, and she's already noted how mean this guy is to me, and she's confided that he's been rude to her, too. I feel so angry that I can't help or protect her in any way. She even said to me, I will just try to kill him with kindness. Oh, I'll just try to kill him with kindness. Hear her saying that broke my heart. I know it won't work. Why can't you just say to the guy, hey, just out of curiosity, it's been, I've been with you for three years, and you, you're one of the meanest human beings I've ever met in my life. Is there, is there a reason for this? You know, do I have halitosis? Do I remind you of some woman that took you for all you got in divorce court? What exactly is your problem, you old cunt? Leave out the last part. Um, anyways, she, she says, I don't want to complain about him to any higher up in our department. I'm certain no administrator would listen to me or care. And I'd only make myself look like a whiner. Yeah, I don't. You, you, you know what it is? You know why you've sat here for three years taking shit from this guy? Because you, you're putting no value on yourself. No one's going to listen to me. No one wants to hear it. They'll just think I'm a whiner. Um, I think in a very nice way. If you haven't been a jerk to anybody and you've been there for three years, you've never demonstrated any sort of poor behavior, I, why wouldn't they listen to you? Like that's old Becky killing with Karen, killing with kindness. Oh, my God, if she's complaining, something's got to be wrong with this guy, right? Anyway, she says, and while I know he's a bastard to all all of our other peers, the younger students and the secretary, he's a kiss-ass to the director and other tenured professors. Is this a real person or a cartoon? This sounds like the asshole fucking boyfriend of the hot chick in every coming-of-age movie. You know, the hot chick who eventually ends up with the nerd, which never happens in real life, not until your 30s. Um, lodging a formal complaint wouldn't resonate with anyone who has the power to fix the situation. On the other hand, I want to tell this guy off, or at the very least, let him know that he can't bully people like this. He's a mean, fat, miserable fuck. (laughs) You really are angry. I love it. Who has made my professional life hell, and I want him to know exactly what I think of him. How do you think I should go about this without getting into trouble? Uh, by the way, even though this man has a semi-permanent position in our department, I still have more graduate degrees than he does, even though I'm probably half his age. Feels good. Um, all right. You know what? You're almost graduating. You're saying, you know, this guy's a kiss-ass. It's not going to do anything. I think this calls for a good practical joke. Just make his life a living hell. I know in the past I said don't fuck with somebody's car, but this might be the perfect time to do it. You know, it's a good thing to do. Go to McDonald's. This just this is what you do. You just make his life a living hell. Just go to McDonald's, order some French fries, and say, "Hey, can I get a couple extra of those ketchup packs?" You know, thank you. And then you just go out to his car and you take the ketchup and you put it underneath his door handle. Just little cunty things like that. And then you just stand on the other side of the parking lot and you giggle. 
as you watch this miserable motherfucker walking over to the car. Can you please do this and send a video so I can show it to all my listeners? And listeners, if you have other, just little, nothing where he gets hurt. Just little messes that he has to keep cleaning up. You know, just put a little bit of ketchup underneath there. And I actually did that to someone one time. And I swear to God, by the time the person got to the car, I was in the exact same situation. By the time the person got to the car, I was laughing so hard, I almost passed out. Just the anticipation of this fucking cunt, you know, who I was basically in the same situation you were in, you know, just do that. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Um, and then the next time he goes out to his car, he's going to, he's going to have to like, you know, do it with one finger to just see if there's anything underneath there. Just do shit like that. What else can you do? I need to know more about this guy. All right. Where does he live? What does he do? I would even go old school. Now, he'd probably know the, 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 you take a shit in a bag, ring the doorbell, you light it on fire, and then the guy comes out and stomps it out and steps on shit. That's one of the oldest ones in the book. I would just do, do silly... I would just do silly shit like that to him. Just something that's going to make you laugh. Get it on video and send it to me. We'll put it up on the fucking internet. But then you'll get in trouble. I don't know, dude. I don't know what to tell you. If you're not going to go to your higher-ups or confront this guy, I don't know how other way you're going to get this person back other than to just do little fucking silly things like that. I don't know. I feel like I let you down. But you, you kind of walled me off. Why don't you take off your smart glasses and undo the fucking barrette in your hair, shake it out, and just be like, can I have a word with you? You know? Talk to the higher-ups like that. Use the power of sex. I'm the fucking worst. Why do you guys ask me advice? Is it because you want me to realize how dumb I am? Because if, if that's the end game here, it's working. Uh, Bill, how to find a chick like Nia. Oh, isn't that nice? Hi, Bill. I was listening to some of your podcasts with Nia, and it just hit me how much both of you are so fucking aware of what's going on underneath whatever the fuck you are rambling on about at the moment. Know what I mean? Uh, sort of. She knows what you're talk she knows when you're talking out your ass or acting like an idiot and she plays with it she seems to understand just like you understand that when someone says bitches ain't shit it probably just means that the guy is afraid of commitment. Oh okay, I see what you're saying. He goes I'm talking about the green, green room the green room episode where you get in an argument with that lady and you quickly talk about that. Um anyway, shit that seems so fucking obvious to some especially comedians, uh, yet it never yet never even considered by the majority of people. Uh, no, that's not really a comedian thing. That's just I took a psychology class. I would really wish I could take credit for the fact that I can make fun of somebody's big head that I somehow understand their childhood. Now, that, that's like Psych 101, but I'll take the credit if you'll give it to me. Anyways, my question is, how the fuck do you meet a girl like that? I'm 29, and although I know I'm still young, I can't figure out how the fuck to meet someone who's not some other clueless fucking cunt waiting for some douchebag to make them feel better about them. Jesus. Okay. Um, before I even go through the rest of that tirade, dude, you know what it is? You keep fucking dropping anchor in the same poison pond. All right? You keep fishing in the same watering hole. You keep making meeting the same fucking girl. I'm not going to lie to you. It took a while to meet a girl like Nia, but like, uh, you know, 
I did keep meeting the same types of women over and over and over and over and over again because I kept going to like meat market bars. Where would I always meet women? I may, I always met women at the gym. You know, I don't know how. I always how I always had, I always had game at the gym and I sucked. I sucked in the meat market. I was the fucking worst. The the the, the few times I tried to go to the dance club, nobody wants a fucking pasty, freckled-faced jackass screaming over Usher in their ear. They just don't want it. They don't want it. I didn't have any fucking luck over that. But you get me in a goddamn gym and you got Survivor on the fucking goddamn uh, speaker, I, I, I got a little game. Not a lot, but I got a little. The gym, you know, the gym's a great place to meet a psycho. You know what I mean? Either somebody who has unbelievable body issues, or then you get the married chick who's who's fucking not happy in a relationship, you know? She's going to the gym dressed in these ridiculous fucking outfits. You know those fucking hoary outfits? So, like, do you really need to have that much fuck, that little clothing on? You know? Uh, they're always doing those bend over. You know those fucking chicks that actually go in the weight room but don't really lift weights? You know? They're always working on their fucking hamstrings or whatever i don't know i'm sure there's the guy version of that but i don't pay attention to it right the big creepy guy walking around with this fucking half a ball hanging out hanging around the fucking i was gonna say lunchroom there's no lunchroom there is there i guess there always is that little area with the fucking power bars um you know it's funny they actually did a story on the local news out here about how those energy drinks that they have actually have surprisingly, if not dangerously, high levels of caffeine. Isn't that a stunner? Can you believe that? Isn't that unbelievable that you could sit there and be like, oh, my God, I need 10 hours of sleep. Take a fucking drink of this shit and be like, oh, no, wait a minute. I think I'll go paint the house. You know, you don't think that there's something in there. If it's not caffeine, it's basically liquid Coke. You know? I, uh, you know, I know somebody who I'm convinced they were fucking overweight, but I'm convinced that uh, it's not it's not who you think it is. Somebody outside of the fucking comedy world was drinking those fucking five hour energy things from what I heard. Like they were going out of style. Those fucking things are crazy. Can I actually say that they're allegedly they're allegedly crazy. Crazy, they're fucking crazy for feeling so lonely. Um, I think that's the podcast for this week, everybody. I gradually sobered up, gradually worked off the buzz. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, the fucking, you know what's funny about the Jets? The Jets don't try against anybody in the AFC East unless they're playing the Patriots. When they play the Patriots, they just fucking show up. Anytime I see them play the Dolphins... They're just like, ah, it's just the Dolphins. Fuck it. Who's this, the Bills? Ah, get over here, you fucking knucklehead. Maybe that's just me. Probably is. Right? Is there anything else that I wanted to talk about? Hey, can anybody explain to me how a fucking king snake can fucking eat a rattlesnake when the rattlesnake clearly looks like it's biting it? Evidently, it has some sort of like a little bit of immunity to the poison. Unless it gets bit in the fucking head. But then I went on YouTube and I was looking. I was trying to find a sanctioned loss between a king snake and a fucking rattlesnake. Do you believe the level of free time I have in my life that this is something that I actually do? I imagine a lot of you guys do it too. 
Um, all right, YouTube. King Snake. There's a sick one of like a cotton mouth eating a fucking... You know, I always root for the animals that's dying, and I hate fucking snakes. And when I see one snake attack another snake, I actually start to feel bad for the snake that's dying. Doesn't make any... Oh, King Bee, John Belushi. You guys ever see this? Did you guys ever see that that clip from SNL? How fucking tight is the band that's playing with them? That drummer is insane on that. I can't. Does anybody know who the drummer is on that? It's an SNL one. Oh, Bill, who gives a shit? All right, that's the podcast for this week. Listen. Listen to me. I'm going to be in uh, New Orleans. Listen to this shit. This is my weekend. I'm going to be in New Orleans this weekend at a casino. Let me see if I can get you the uh, actual shows. Harris in New uh, New Orleans. Harris Casino in New Orleans, Louisiana. I got two shows Friday night. Showtime, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. And I'm going to be with New Jersey Zone, Paul, dude I called it, Verzi. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Oh, by the way, just to warn you, I shaved my beard off. Just I'm going to be I'm going to look like I did when I did let it go except not as fucking booze-headed. <laughs> so Friday night I'm doing that show. And then Saturday as they say in Boston. Saturday. Say, or you're really Bostonian if you don't even it's just all vowels between the S and the Y. Why don't you come over? Come over on say. Um Saturday, I am going to the fucking LSU, Alabama, fucking SEC football game. That was one of my bucket lists. I said, one of these days, I'm going, one of these days, I'm going to what that L, uh, to an LSU home game. And it's finally happening. This is my little bucket list thing. So if this is my last Monday, know that I died doing what I wanted to do. Um... You know what's funny is if I actually do die between this Monday and another Monday, do you understand the amount of douchebags who believe in wizardry and all that's going to be like, do you know why he died? He died because he said he was going to die. Really? Then all I have to say is this time next week, I will be worth $100 million. No, see, that doesn't work because that's something good. I'll go fuck yourself. And... um and then on Sunday, I'm just fucking hanging around. I'm not doing nothing other than going down Bourbon Street, getting drunk, seeing some titties, and trying not to get stabbed. Okay? Because that's what Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street, basically, when you get on Bourbon Street, you stay on Bourbon Street. Do not make a right. Do not make a left. Do not pass go. You stay on Bourbon Street. On Bourbon Street, you are within the herd. You make a right or you make a left. And you are that lonely zebra drinking at the watering hole out on the fucking Serengeti. And there's something's going to reach up and grab you. And they're going to find, you know, your foot's going to be used in some sort of voodoo fucking ceremony. All right. And that's New Orleans. That's New Orleans. Stay on Bourbon Street. Oh, tourist oh, friends of mine. Um, and I'm hanging around. Why? Because Monday. I'm going to the Monday night. I'm such a douche. I'm going to uh, the Saints-Eagles game on Monday night. See, that's what I'm doing. All you guys who got married, had kids, and go, oh, I gotta go buy a new rake. Why'd you do it? 
I know, because it's awesome, right? You get to dress them up this time of year. What are you going? I want to go out as this. All right, we'll get you a little fucking mask. Do you know I haven't made my pumpkin bread yet, Cleo? Cleo, what the fuck is wrong with you? You've been itching like a goddamn maniac. Do I have to give you a bath? Does anybody know the, the dogs? How are you? I love you too. The dogs like, I know they don't. My dog does not like getting a bath. But do, do they feel better after a bath? I can't tell if it's flipping out because it feels good or it's absolutely ecstatic that it's over. This dog goes absolutely ballistic the second it's over. You dry it off, and then it just sits there. It's almost like it, it literally has a fucking smile on its face. That's my dog question. Um, all right, so that's the podcast this week. YouTube videos of the week, once again, are we'll have the links to them. Um, is that, that Ted Robot video? The Talking Head Swamp. Hi, 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 hi. Fucking clip from Stop Making Sense Swamp. And, uh, and please give that woman just some fucking practical joke shit she can do. Why don't you just go old school and literally put a bucket of water over a door and just get them totally like Three Stooges style? You know? Is there a way to make somebody fall? You can't make them fall down the stairs. That's bad. Wouldn't it be great if he did? All right, that's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week. Um, my condolences to the Ryan family. The one on the Jets and the Cowboys. I still can't believe the fucking Giants won that game. Those fucking goddamn lucky cunts. Great football team. But Jesus, when is, when is their luck going to run out? Touchdown! Wait a minute. After further review, unbelievable. What was it? Like just the side of his pinky was out of bounds? Unfucking believable. When is Tony Romo gonna have some luck? All right, that's it. See you.
Toyota, you know, we all agree that reducing emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, yet they make up less than 10% of all new vehicles today. That's because right now they cost more. They're too expensive, just like all new technology. Consumers worry about range and whether or not they'll be able to find a charging station. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture the batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision of a carbon neutral future. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV electric vehicle could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, hey, let's go places.